Hello, and welcome to Priority Status. I'm Kristen Mahler, and I'm thrilled to have Tommy Southworth as my guest on this episode. An esteemed real estate developer, investor, and philanthropist, Tommy serves as president and COO of Southworth Development, a privately held company that specializes in the development of residential resort and hospitality branded real estate communities. Tommy's father, David, founded the company in 1991, and while Tommy grew up surrounded by the business, it wasn't until 2014 when he officially joined the company after working for many years in finance and private equity. Southworth Development is a privately held company that specializes in the development of residential, resort, and hospitality-branded real estate communities. Through wholly-owned subsidiaries, Southworth Golf and Southworth Europe, Southworth is also a leader in the international golf community, having served as owner, manager, consultant, or construction manager to dozens of properties throughout the United States, Scotland, the Bahamas, Puerto Rico, and the Dominican Republic. Located in Newton, Massachusetts, Southworth was founded in 1991 and now owns and operates private clubs and residential communities across Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Virginia, Scotland, and the Bahamas. Listen in as Tommy shares more about running a family business and building the Southworth legacy, how his focus on the art of connection is central to the rebrand for current and future Southworth communities, and what trends he is seeing emerge quickly in luxury real estate. With that, let's dive in. Hi, Tommy. Thank you so much for joining us today on Priority Status by JPR. We would love for you to just start us off by giving a little bit of an intro about yourself and your background and how you came to run Southworth. Wonderful. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. So Southworth Development's a family business. Uh, my father founded it along with Paul Fireman in 1991. It was a business that I grew up in. I was a, a young boy at the time, learning golf, hanging out at, at some of our communities, you know, golf course communities, country clubs had the opportunity to sort of grow up as a child in this wonderful environment. And then as a teenager, worked multiple jobs across the clubs, be it uh, as a cart boy or a towel folder at the pool, uh, worked in the kitchens, worked on the banquet teams, worked on the golf course maintenance crew. And so really had the opportunity to sort of expose myself to all sorts of facets of the business. But I guess more importantly, it was a family business. And so it was the topic of every Thanksgiving dinner conversation and a huge part of my life and all of my brothers and, and our family. Professionally, though, I, I started to veer away from hospitality. Uh, I had both parents who were Cornell hotelies and uncles and trying to stay away from it. Ended up going to Harvard and studying economics and biology, moved into financial services for the first decade or so of my career. I was in investment banking, advising technology companies, and, and then in, in private equity, investing in software businesses. Back in 2019, I like to say the gravitational force of a family business, you know, dragged me back in. But it was much more than that. It was a passion for this business and and our communities and purpose. I describe it as the deathbed test. I think, you know, working on assets like ours, communities like ours, fundamentally sort of creating happy places and, and improving people's lives is a noble cause and something that I was quite passionate about came back into the business in, in 2019 with a lot of purpose to engage with this asset and and make a difference. So that was back in 2019 that I that I came into the business. And it was an interesting time. So first of all, I was rejoining the business alongside Matt Deitch, who is uh, uh, Joe Deitch is our owner and chairman. Matt is Joe's son. And uh, we had been lifelong friends, gone to grade school together. Like myself, he had sort of gone and cut his teeth professionally in consulting. He had gone to Wharton 
uh, for his MBA, worked for BCG. And we both came back into the business at the same time and got excited sort of looking at this business that we knew and loved so dearly with a new set of eyes and with training in financial services and, and consulting. And we saw Southworth as this ridiculously amazing platform, a, a wonderful company with incredible people, you know, employees and members and a wonderful legacy and thought about, you know, how could we evolve the strategy here and how could we reposition the business and focus on growth um, to position ourselves most valuably and set up an, an amazing sort of future. So that was the sort of state of play a few years ago when we embarked on this third chapter of, of Southport development, this generational shift. And we've been busy since then. Um, COVID hit, which was interesting for all industries, certainly for ours. Lots of people sort of flocked to golf communities, especially drive to second home communities. COVID was a change. It was a challenge. And then, and then it was wind in our sails, which has been wonderful. You sort of mentioned about your history and your sort of career. You know, you grew up in the family business and then you sort of took a step out and you went to see what else was out there. And I think that that's actually a very interesting point about personal growth and career growth and brand growth, because now you've come back to Southworth and you've brought this diversity of experience with you. You haven't just only worked in the family business. And I think that that's probably why you and Matt have been able to think about the rebrand that you have, this rebrand that I'd like to know a little bit more about, and thinking about it in a different way. And how can you connect with your members and give them something that they aren't getting somewhere else, right? And how can you express what the Southworth value proposition is in a, in a very current and modern way? So can you tell us a little bit more about the new direction? Because I think that you and Matt, what you've done and what I've read about so far is that it is quite interesting. Yeah, we've repositioned the company in a number of ways, um, built out a, a new leadership team, focused on our, our growth strategy, repositioned our current assets. But as it relates to brand, that was a, a major opportunity for us to put a stake in the ground as to sort of what we stand for today, tying back to the history of our business, but also what we want to be tomorrow and, and, and what consumers can come to expect. You know, we've historically been known as a, as a real estate development company, and, and we are. It's, it's our business model. It's core to what we do. But we're a hybrid organization. We cover real estate development and hospitality. And our communities afford you know, differentiated lifestyles to our members. So it's a, it's a lifestyle business. It was important for us to define our brand as it relates to both that and hospitality, not just development. You know? And when I look back to our roots, that was a wonderful opportunity to really shine a light on kind of inclusivity and unpretentiousness, which were sort of founding principles of the business back in, in 1991. We also looked at the world today. Fortunately or unfortunately, our space, golf club communities have not innovated very much, but hospitality has. Hotels and restaurants and, and the rest of the hospitality world had moved a lot in, in 30 years. And so we really leaned into sort of benchmarking the hospitality industry and figuring out what the state of play was today. And that was really about experience and connection as opposed to sort of traditional luxury. I just finished reading Unreasonable Hospitality by Will Gadara, and it really speaks to so many of these trends over the course of the last decade. So leaning into hospitality and, and what makes it special was an important step that we took. But hospitality, I'll say, has been moving in our direction. They've been moving towards community and connection, but they can't get all the way there. It's too transient. And so we have this wonderful opportunity to sort of lean into clubs and the wonderful connection and community that our assets, you know, afford our members. And so how, you know, the question was, how do we take the best of hospitality and pair it with the best of clubs? We 
we surveyed our members and, and looked at the club space extensively. One of the, my favorite survey questions was, why are you a member? And we got a wonderful, wonderful response from our members, pages and pages of notes that really spoke to the community, the benefits of community, the benefits of friendships, the memories, and, and the human connection that our clubs afford our members. And lastly, this is where we kind of got, uh, got to innovate on our own a little bit. We've sort of formulated our own opinions on greater societal needs and what the role of the club is in the greater sort of American context over the course of the next couple of years. And that's been exciting to think about, but there's been major advances in the science of psychology, of well-being, human happiness, and, and what it takes to get there. And the science has shifted in our direction. People need human connection and they need community to be happy and to live long, happy lives. We got really excited about what we could do to fundamentally create happiness for our members. Technology has been a major impediment to human connection over the last couple of decades. I don't have to talk about you know, the ills of social media. But the other element is the sort of deterioration of American community. That's a thing. That's a scientific term that really speaks to the fact that societal organizations have fallen off. Churches and libraries and civic organizations were important elements of society going back over the last century, and they've really sort of gone away. And the club remains, it sustains, and it's the third place is sort of the scientific term for this. Your first place being your home, your second place being your work. You know, humans need a third place for, for healthy community, and we get to be that. That's what fundamentally what clubs are, and we think it's a major important role in society moving forward. Yes, absolutely. I think that as people also grow older and have their own families, and you often find that that time for connection with your friends is quite limited and how amazing to have a place, a club to go to where you can gather together. And, you know, it's not always, you know, somebody hosting in their home where it gets, it can feel a little overwhelming, but going to a place and having, you know, recreation opportunities that run the gamut for everybody in the family. So I think COVID actually, you know, as you said, it helped you in your visibility with um, your members and figuring out that they do need this third space. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you promote and create connection um, and community at your clubs? It's, it's wonderful to hear that you've done member surveys and kind of tailoring your offerings to your members based on their feedback. But what are some of the elements of Southworth that really do foster that connection and community? I have lots to talk about there. I'll start with sort of the brand pillars, which I think each speak to this in their own way. The first is is a cultural tent pole. It's called the Southworth Way, but it really speaks to sort of our our member and employee code of conduct and the culture that we're looking to create at all of our clubs and the, and the culture, frankly, that has organically evolved at our clubs over the years. These are uniquely unpretentious, welcoming, and respectful communities. You know, whether you're an employee or a member, we are very careful that you feel welcome and belong. Our second brand pillar, in fact, is be and belong, which speaks to, you know, be yourself, belong here. You don't have to look over your shoulder to wonder if your guest has laughed too loud or has squeaky golf shoes. Like, enjoy yourself and feel comfortable here. And that is a fundamental driver of connection and community is that people can be themselves and feel very comfortable doing so. Our code of conduct also has ramifications for those who violate it, and we, we enforce that in order to make sure that there's a, a mutual respect between all of our members and, and between our members and employees. Another brand pillar is, is your world at play. You know, 
playfulness is an important facet of everything that we do. It's supposed to be fun. I mean, people are here for a variety of experiences for sport. There's there's so much to do. And that's core to our offering and also core to community and connection is bringing people together over a game of pickleball or golf or concerts or all sorts of member experiences that we've been launching over the last couple of years. Life at Ease is another brand pillar that really just speaks to sort of speaks to our service philosophy. Everyone works very hard. And when you've gotten to your club, you should be able to relax. And we do our best to remove all impediments to your enjoyment, which again, helps you sort of just maximize the connection and, and community that you have around you. One more is inspired environments. This really speaks to the authenticity that we're looking to create, the sort of sense of place in terms of the architectural style, the golf course design, the food and beverage menu, the experiences being sort of capey if we're on if we're at Willowbend on Cape Cod or being Bahamian, if we're talking about the Abaco Club. That also extends to our need and, and desire to take care of our environments. So we've hired a director of sustainability to think about the long-term initiatives that we can launch to make sure that we're being good stewards of the land. We've also launched philanthropic platforms over the course of the last couple of years so that we can better tie our members to the local community, local causes, local change makers, and kind of bind people together over a common interest. Our members are extraordinarily philanthropic on their own, but in many cases lack the vehicle to express that in their second home communities. And so that sort of tie back to local community and making sure that we our definition, our version of sustainability is not just environmental. It's very much taking care of the local community and making sure that, that various stakeholders are, are represented, treated well, and, and partners of ours. So that's the last sort of element of community and connection that uh, is very important to us. It sounds like you and your partners and the entire Southworth community have really focused on making sure that it's a very welcoming place, your clubs, and looking at people of all different backgrounds and how you're, you know, welcoming and being and having a diverse membership and offering diverse activities for your guests. So I think that's something that's really interesting with the club uh, membership club element is how they cater to families, because obviously families are, have their own special requirements and needs and children of all ages, sort of, you know, their, their needs change as they get older. So maybe can you tell us a little bit about how your family programming and your attention to sort of child-specific programming has evolved and what you're doing to really welcome families at your clubs? You know, the changing family dynamics and family roles over the course of the last generation or two have had pretty significant impacts on, on the club space, right? I mean, this used to be dad's golf club where the father would disappear for 10 hours on, on a Saturday. And that's not the case anymore. I'm sure it exists in certain bubbles, but we've been very much keen on making sure that our that we serve the entire family. Uh, and that's always been the philosophy of this company. I think we've leaned into it and evolved that dedication to it over the course of the last few years. Um, the biggest move we made, super fun, was, was hiring a corporate director of member experience, a guy by the name of James Dunn, who joined us from Carnival Cruise Ships. He's literally the, the cruise ship director, right? The funds are who has created all sorts of incredible member programming and experiences. And some of that is, is for the whole family. Uh, we've launched, you know, fall fests at our Northeast clubs where we have everything from base painting to pumpkin chucking to music to vendors to food and beverage and family photography and bounce houses and all that kind of stuff. 
We've also launched a, a concert series that's very, very kid-friendly, food trucks, and we get a, a local musician to come put on a, a proper concert, an outdoor concert in the summertime for our members. Uh, but, you know, kid-specific stuff, that, you know, we've always leaned into kids' camps. New this year, one of my absolute favorite things that we've done is we launched a, a mini-member council. We had all the children from the clubs dress up and come in for a formal, you know, air quotes, meeting with a printed agenda regarding the ice cream flavors that we would serve at the pool, the bounce house that we would choose for fall fest, uh, and all sorts of other fun surprises. So we took some great ideas, too, from the kids. I think uh, the kids at Renaissance scored a basketball hoop out of it, and there was other uh, you know, fun programming ideas that came out of it. But our tagline on that one is, our littlest members are our biggest fans. And we absolutely love that program just to you know, give them a chance to actually shape our future and ask for programming and, and experiences that they would like. So on a weekly basis, there's you know, kid-specific programming that's super fun and has created some raving fans out of, uh, out of our little ones. Yeah, that's very smart of you to ask them what they would like to do because, you know, oftentimes the adults are sort of thinking one thing that might be fun for the kids and the kids are like, no, we really want this. So um, I love that, that you've put it out there to them and have been able to action on those, those things and bring them to life for the kids. How magical for them too. And also it's really building their confidence and figuring out like, yes, I do have a voice and it is important, even though I'm a child, I, I still have my thoughts and feelings are important. So that's great. I really love that. Um, you can tell sort of that that vibe is coming from your family and how South Earth is really a family-run company and how you really look to all of the people involved to give their input and how you shape your programming. So you've talked a lot about these experiences, you know, from the adult experiences to your, what you're offering for children's. What are you sort of looking at next? Like what are things that maybe you're seeing in trends that are coming up in, in luxury real estate and what your consumer is looking for or what you're hearing, other things you're hearing from members and how you're going to evolve moving ahead? Well, certainly on the experience side of things, we made a bunch of strides this year in terms of some of those new events, but there's, there's much more to come. We've added, like I said, a director of sustainability and pushing on sort of philanthropic experiences that we can offer uh, volunteer days, as well as giving opportunities for both our employees and our members. We've also launched a, a retreat sort of business. We have a woman who's in charge of destination retreats and events. And so really enabling retreat style activities and experiences, whether they be focused on wine or golf or wellness, being able to spend a few days traveling in the Bahamas or, or Europe or elsewhere you know, dedicated to exploring a passion with a group of members. That's a wonderful new experience we're excited to keep offering. You know, in terms of what's sort of next for us and fundamental to our business, we exist at the intersection of real estate and membership. And traditionally, that's taken the form of, of golf clubs. But we're excited to continue to sort of iterate and innovate on that model. Golf will always be centric to, well, most likely be centric to what we do. Uh, and remains a very important element of our communities. But you know where we're pushing, where we're innovating is really around and away from golf and towards the multitude of experiences that fundamentally bring people together, whether it's your family or a group of friends. You know, food and beverage is an, is an amazing sort of shared passion for so many and a wonderful way to, to build community and connection. And so we're continuing to sort of iterate on what that means in our communities. 
the other thing I, I need to mention is pickleball. I already mentioned it once, but that has been this wonderful shot in the arm for our communities. It's the ultimate sort of community centerpiece in that it's a game that truly, you know, everyone can play. It's a great equalizer. Uh, whether you're an experienced pickleball player or, you know, you've played ping pong a couple of times, you can pick up a paddle and play it. You can play it quite seriously. You can go for a, a workout or a sweat. You can also play it with a cocktail in your hand, uh, which we have events like that at our club sometimes too. And it's just been this wonderful way to bring people together over a new activity. We can't build the courts fast enough. It's so interesting to hear you talk about pickleball because it is something that has been growing so rapidly. And it, as you said, it kind of, the reason is, is because it kind of works for everyone. You can play it and it's, it can be casual. It can be a little bit more intense, but you can make it what you want. And that's pretty unique for a sport because a lot of times it's like, you know, you're going in to win and pickleball is not necessarily that vibe. Are you seeing a lot of kids being interested in pickleball too, or is it mostly the adults? Kids more and more. It is the the rarest, oddest trend that, you know, started with older populations and demographics and has moved down and is now cool. And, you know, I have a friend who just opened a, a pickleball bar in Boston that's very trendy, very cool, very much appealing to millennials and younger. And absolutely seeing that trickle down into youth sports. And I got beat a couple times this summer by some 12 and 13 year olds who, who had uh, clearly played some pickleball. So yeah, absolutely one of those one of those odd trends that's moving down the generations and is definitely here to stay with every slice of uh, our membership. I love that. I think that that's just like such a fun thing and another way that you can have people come together at your clubs and and not just like you said earlier, it's not just dad's golf club or mom's golf club. It's a really an experience first members club and it offers a lot of different sports and recreational activities for the family. So there are some things coming up in the pipeline for Southworth. What are some new developments that you might want to share right now? I know that some are under wraps because, you know, that's just the nature of the business. But what are some things that are you're looking ahead to for the end of the year? Yeah. So we've been in expansion mode for a little while now. We hired a director of business development in 2022 who's been looking at all sorts of opportunities for future developments for us. We're, we're excited to continue to grow in terms of, you know, adding new communities and I mentioned, I think the reciprocity reciprocal program is pretty unique in our industry, but you know, members at our clubs get to go to the other clubs and, and be a member for limited periods of time, but it's an extraordinary benefit. And so we've been very excited to think about kind of growth in terms of adding the next pin on the map and where our members would like to go and what areas of the country we'd like to be in. So I don't think it would be out of turn to say, you know, we've been looking at uh, the Southeast and the Caribbean, Carolina's Mid-Atlantic plenty of places that we'd like to be and eventually, you know, Mountain West and, and, and that sort of thing. So looking at opportunities all the time. Um, in terms of new developments at our existing clubs, there's lots going on. At each of our clubs, there's been major capital projects, either totally renovating facilities or, or building new ones. The most work and the most excitement is around the Abaco Club in the Bahamas, where we are about to launch what well, we've launched, but we're about to complete the Keys, which is a beachfront collection of condos and townhomes. Superlux, our, our nicest product that we've ever built, partnered with extraordinary design partners uh, on the architecture and interior design piece of that. But more germane, I think, to, to most is the fact that we'll also be building the Bay Club, kind of this member clubhouse on the beach with a, a beachfront pool, uh, concierge services, retail, movie theater, all sorts of really interesting amenities that will sort of supplement 
our amenities set down there and, and exist in this heartbeat of, of the Abaco Club at the corner of the bay. Uh, so super exciting there. We've also renovating a restaurant, uh, launching new real estate neighborhoods soon, and continuing to, to build out our amenity set. That's a 50-odd million dollar sort of amenity plan being conceived and, and in some cases delivered over the next couple of years. When I say in some cases delivered, I mean, uh, there's, a, there's a few of them coming online this year. So super excited about all the new developments in Abaco and, and the growth ahead there. It's really great to hear the growth of the company and um, the plans that you have in place at your existing clubs to continue to engage with your members and to attract new ones and how you're looking to expand the company into other, you know, other areas and footprints to, um, you know, just bring the Southworth experience to more people. So we've loved hearing from you today, Tommy. Um, thank you so much for sharing your time with us and giving us a little bit more insight into the Southworth, just the way, the way of the company and how you've evolved it and, you know, looking ahead to this great rebrand that you've just launched. So um, we really appreciate your time and thank you so much. Thank you. Really enjoyed it. We're always passionate talking about the the roots of our business and and where we're going. It's an extraordinary space. And like I said, passes the, uh, the deathbed test and get excited thinking about bringing, bringing happiness to our current and future members. So thank you for letting me share that. Thank you so much. 